Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am joined by special guest Susie Wakefield. She is somebody who has shifted out of a corporate career as a designer, and not just any designer. She worked with Victoria's Secret for 16 years. She worked for Ralph Lauren and Kate Spade, to name a few. But she decided that the corporate life really wasn't for her anymore, and she followed her passion to really come closer to her dream, her vision, and really to get back to what she loved. And so in this episode, you're going to hear about what makes her happy and how she left her corporate career to pursue her passion. You're also going to hear about some really interesting network opportunities, one of them, which is called the Entreprenista League. That's how the two of us met. And I'll have a link for that right in the show notes. So if you're interested in branching out, joining a new networking group that I happen to be a part of, that will be an awesome way for you to meet some new people. And that's how I met Susie. And they're also going to hear really about some personal shifts that got her to start attracting the people she loved to work with. I think this episode is for you. If you are in a corporate career or you have recently transitioned out of a corporate career to follow your passion, I know you're going to resonate with Susie's message. And I also want to mention in the show notes, we will have a link to this incredible PDF that she has so generously gifted all of the listeners. It is quite literally a 20-page PDF, which is a startup brand workbook. This is going to help people who have an idea for a collection, whether it be for swimwear, lingerie, clothing, etc. If you have a desire, a burning desire for creating a collection like that, this is such an in-depth way to start bringing that into life. Now, if you're not considering bringing a clothing collection to life, I would also still download it because it has some very specific, very in-depth questions in here that are going to get you to think who your customer is and what they want. So even if it's for marketing purposes or to create your next course, product, offering, mastermind, whatever it is, it's gonna really help you with getting the language and the messaging out. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode with guest Susie Wakefield. You're listening to the Aligned and Unstoppable podcast. I'm your host, Emily Ahrens. I'm an entrepreneur and highly sought after energy healer with over two decades in practice. I'm a mixture of high vibe energy and cutting edge strategy with a little dash of unfiltered real talk, making this the one and only podcast that gives you a down to earth approach to business and spirituality. Tune in each week to get out of the stress of overworking so you can build a brand in alignment with your soul's purpose. If there's one thing I've learned the hard way, It's that you have to stop looking outside yourself for the answer and start looking within. We all have a unique path and it's time you start trusting in yourself. The truth is you already have everything you need. You just need to learn how to access it. Now, let's dive in. It's time you experience business and soul alignment. Listeners, welcome back to the podcast. Today is a special episode. I'm joined by a guest. Susie Haber Wakefield is here with me today. And we were lucky enough to meet on an entrepreneur, a female entrepreneur networking group, which is really exciting. I mean, I joined so that I could meet 
more folks like you, Susie. And so it checks my box to have you here today, but also it's a true honor to have you here because I know your story is really one that listeners can relate to from being in a corporate career to shifting into more of an entrepreneurial career and all the things that kind of came to making that decision. So for anybody who here is listening, who is still in a corporate career or transitioning to work for themselves, I think this episode is going to be one you're going to want to listen to again and again. So let's dive right in. Susie, please let the listeners know who you are and what you do in the world. Hi, I'm Susie Wakefield, and my design studio creates lingerie, swim, and apparel to support brands that want to get their vision out into the world. So a lot of what we do is work with emerging brands or brands who are looking to extend category in the fashion space to be able to create an end-to-end concept from concept and garment design to fitting it through, getting it produced. We love what we do. That is so cool. I have one friend who has created an apparel line and it took her, I mean, from the time I met her, she'd already started the concept to when it was first actually produced about two years. Is that pretty average? It is, especially for products that uh, I specialize in, which are bras, underwear. The closer something is to the body, the more typically complex it is. Got it. And it's hard for people because it's like speaking a new language. Yeah. There's, it's very decision heavy. So it people need some guidance and need some help to really understand what are big decisions and what are small decisions and what is something that you can just launch and learn with. Yes, I I really love that. So, and I also want to just quickly seed this that we're going to include a link to the Ultimate Startup Brand Development Workbook. So for anybody who has a collection in mind, something that's been on your heart and you're wanting to bring it to life, this workbook is literally 20 pages. It is so detailed. Even if you're not thinking about creating a collection, I think you should download it because it's going to help you to refine who it is that you're talking to. And it has so many great details to see like, you know, their mood and their style, like there's just so it's so beautiful. So I definitely wanted to make sure that I mentioned that you guys can check out the link in our show notes. It's completely free for all of our podcast listeners. So because you've had this incredible background that you've learned the language you've been, you've been in design for a very long time and sort of translating this new language to people who've never been exposed to it is like you have a full degree in it. So now you can share some of that knowledge and experience with people. So you've gone to art college and you kind of took that path into more of a corporate career. Is that correct? It is. It is. I actually grew up in Alabama and I, from the time I was little, knew I wanted to be a designer in New York City. And I came up to art school. I went to Rhode Island School of Design, which I picked because it was more of a fine arts school that had a fashion degree. So then I moved to New York and eventually I started working for Victoria's Secret. And I was very lucky that I originally got hired into what was at the time a think tank division. So anything that I ever designed was for Victoria's Secret, but there were people who designed accessories for other brands within the corporation. There were graphic designers. So it just 
it opened up my eyes to, first of all, the, the many, many aspects of creating mm-hmm. that people could create perfume bottles and people could create scents for those bottles and lotions. And it was a great experience because we were elbow to elbow with various creatives and it really planted the seed for years later being an entrepreneur on my own because I, what I discovered was I really loved working on various projects and Mm. through my career there about 16 years I was very lucky to learn as I went travel the world to be able to go see factories and see what innovations they were working on and these amazing people who were artisans in their own right and then be able to take that knowledge to eventually go out on my own and help founders. Mm. So what really gave you that itch to go out on your own? I mean, I know some people work for a corporate company and they just can't stand their boss and they're like, I can do better on my own. And then there are people who just have that hunger. Like you said, growing up in Alabama, you always knew you wanted to be a designer. As a kindergartner, I remember I knew I wanted to heal people, but I thought maybe I would go in to be like a doctor because when you're six years old, you don't really know much about healing modalities. (laughs) And so you always had that hunger. I always had that hunger. And I know many of my listeners have that desire that that seed's already been planted. And so even from a young age, you knew what you wanted to do that maybe was the corporate career wasn't quite getting there for you and you wanted something more. Well, exactly, Emily. So what I realized was I was lucky enough to move up the chain and I got more and more people to manage and I got farther from the product. So what I really missed was being hands-on and being in the weeds of the creativity versus managing a lot of people Mm -hmm. and the corporate ins and outs of volume building, which we were, which was fantastic, but it's also that you're looking at more of the corporate aspects than you are touching fabrics and Mm -hmm. working on products. And I felt like my gift was the impact that I can make on product and creating versus what might've been a gift to be able to lead people, but it wasn't, I wasn't filling my well. Yeah, I understand that. And for some people, getting further away from touching fabrics and that tactile connection might be ideal. Like, okay, I've put in my time and I and I don't want to have to work so hard anymore. But for you, is like, no, I, that's actually what brings you joy is being in that close-up, belly-to-belly, as they say sometimes, like really being in that close-up position. So what was that conversation like in your head when you really knew that you wanted to make that transition away from the corporate and to get closer to the actual product design and and all of that. What was that conversation like? It was tough because I, in a way, it was a decision that needed to be made because I was living in New York City with my husband and two young kids and I was traveling six weeks, two months a year. So there were also some pulls a family realizing that I wasn't really being fulfilled in what I was doing day to day. And I wasn't being fulfilled in seeing my family as much as I wanted to. And it just seemed like something should be able to open up about this. And the fact that I had always been 
told and felt lucky because I knew what I wanted to do. The older I got, the more I realized there's a lot of people who go to college and have no idea what they want to do. And from such a young age, I did, Mm. but it didn't, it was starting not to feel like that was, that I was really doing what I love to do. So I needed to recalibrate Mm. and I really needed to rethink what were the aspects. And so I actually left Victoria's Secret to go back to a company I had worked for before VS because I got the opportunity to work with licenses to design for Kate Spade, Ralph Lauren, again with teams of people, but I really thought, well, maybe I just need a change of something that I could keep learning. I mean, certainly there were so many smart people that I worked for and with over the years, but I felt like I'd been there so long at BS Mm. that I was learning from my own mistakes. So I wanted to give myself a chance to say new environment and learning something totally different. And that really working with the licenses just cemented for me that I loved having that pseudo kind of client relationship. Like I loved collaborating with people and their vision and magnifying it and designing it and really showing them like what the seed of an idea could turn into. And Mm. for me, I'm, I mean, I'm so geeky that still to this day, I get a garment in and I see it on a fit model and I get excited. It's just one of those things that I would recommend to all your listeners really keep asking yourself, what is making you happy about what you're doing and what's maybe not quite and do that, you know, as trite as it is, that simple list of what do I like to do? What am I good at? How can I possibly combine these? Yes. I love that. And even just hearing you talk about, you know, it's a simple question of what am I good at? What do I like doing? But I think sometimes when we are in a career we don't stop. It's like you're on a machine, like the the motor's running and you're moving forward. And like, you know, I have a, one of my best friends was on track. She was in a a career uh, in finance and on track to be a partner. And, you know, it's like, what makes you go, hold on, this is not really for me. I need to make an abrupt change. And those are the questions that we should be asking ourselves, even as entrepreneurs, because I think the same thing can happen. I know for myself, I noticed um, at the end of last year, I was feeling really heavy with some of my programs, my coaching programs, and I realized I needed to take a break. And when I stopped, it was only in stopping when I realized, wow, I have been putting so much time and energy and love into this program. I hadn't even thought of it because I was just going, 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 going with emotions. And it was like a six-month group, but another six-month group, but another six-month group. And I'm holding all this space for people, not realizing how much space I'm actually holding. And my energy is being expanded and, and going out to so many people. And when I stopped, it was like, oh my gosh, like here I am again. And it, we have to be able to call ourselves out on those things. And for me, it was very lucrative, but I also knew it wasn't quite aligned to me anymore. So I think you can take this question, whether you're in corporate working for somebody else or you are an entrepreneur and, and apply it. 
Hey, listeners, I had to jump into this podcast episode to tell you about something I've been totally obsessed with, which is Everyday Dose. It is a beautiful alternative to coffee. And if you're like me, I would start my day with coffee and little by little, I'd be adding more and more cups, which would then result in a midday crash headaches from withdrawal if I wasn't having coffee, and an increased feeling of anxiety. So if these are things that you two are up against, I would definitely recommend checking out Everyday Dose. So I've just become an affiliate because I love it that much. I'm literally obsessed with it because not only does it have real coffee in it, it has lion's mane, chaga mushrooms, L-theanine, and collagen. So the reason why I have switched from my regular coffee to using everyday dose is because it's helped me to feel like my brain is alert, I'm functioning, but without the crash and the jitters that coffee kind of comes with. It's delicious, it tastes like coffee, so if you're kind of a coffee snob the way that I am, you don't have to lose that love for coffee. It is right there. So one of the things I've noticed is a boost of energy. And we all know to get in your highest alignment, you need that energy. Um, My gut health has been totally improved. I've been actually sleeping better. And it's also a great product because Everyday Dose is GMO-free. It's keto, it's dairy-free, it's gluten-free, and it is USDA organic ingredients. So what I would love to invite you to do is try it for a week, completely free. So go over to my special link as an affiliate. It's emilyarons.com forward slash start dose that will get you started on your one week trial. You just pay for shipping. So you'll get to experience the awesomeness that is everyday dose at no risk. Again, emilyarons.com forward slash start dose. You'll thank me later. Okay, personal question. Do you watch design shows on TV and how do you feel about them? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I, I don't watch them. And I have a lot of good friends who do. Now, I watch home makeover shows. Okay. I, I, I like some of those. <laughs> I don't watch anything fashion related, but I'm a, I'm a complete addict to runway shows. Okay. So I follow all the seasons of runway, but I don't watch the people, I, but I'm not really a reality. Like right. I tend to, in my, in my home life, I'm a real SUV law and order person. Right. I love it. Like something totally <laughs> different than what I do. Totally. I totally get that. And I, I, I ask that because as you talk about the fit, I'm like, I'm thinking of Project Runway and I'm like, okay, so I watch it and I'm not an artist. I'm not a, des- I mean, I'm, I guess I'm artistic in my own right, but I'm not a designer. And, and I look at it from that vantage point as like a regular person, but not from a designer standpoint. And so I always wonder, like, is it difficult to watch those things? Like I know comedians who don't watch comedy or listen to comedy because it's like, they can't even enjoy it sometimes. And, or some comedians say, I don't want to listen because it's like, I don't want my stuff to be influenced somehow by what I saw somewhere. I think that's just an interesting question. Um, <laughs> so let's let's bring it into to today where you have your business, where you're helping people to create and build their own designs, their own collections. Do most of your clients come with sort of a concept in mind and you help to kind of fan the flames or help to develop it? Or do they sort of have this fully developed thing and you help to put it on into the market? It really depends. It's kind of all of the above. Some people come to me 
when they're a season or two in and it's kind of like, how can take me away? Like people can muscle through one season and then when seasons start building, because in a fashion and apparel development, you're not finished with one before you have to start the other because it's a long process. Mm. So when that decision-making and build on gets too heavy, that's when people will sometimes come to me or when they are starting to get feedback from consumers like, oh, I might have a little bit of a problem. And also sometimes people will come who just have the seed of an idea and they have either a life experience or a desire for something they think other people will too. And that's my favorite kind of founder because when I get something across my desk proverbial that is new and different and that I've never heard of or thought about the need for, I get so excited. And that's another reason why I love what I do because I learned from my clients all the time Mm. about different aspects of often they come from a financial world. Like most people who come to me are coming again from that need, but they're, they were not trained creatively and come from a different industry. So they think really differently. And I can, I often learn from them in other aspects. And for me, that's, Another reason why I started my business, because I just want to keep learning. I mean, even you probably know, Emily, being a business owner is a work in progress learning all the time. Oh, yeah. And I think even what you talk about the seasons with fashion, I mean, I think of my own seasons, like we're talking about, I have a certification course that's going on right now. And we're already talking about like, we're not complete with this season. And we're already talking about what's the next launch going to be? What is it going to look like? And painting that picture so that we can prepare. And I kind of giggled to myself just today because I was looking at my calendar. I'm like, what is time really? Because like, it's like, we're looking at these days of the week and the months. I'm like, okay, this launch is happening here. We have to plan for that season. And we're talking about April and it's today is August 18th, you know? So it's like, we're looking out in the future and really having to position and project ourselves in that way in our business, just like a fashion designer would have to. And you mentioned creating unique designs and it made me think of my friend Yara De La Torre and she's a hairstylist and she's in a wheelchair and she she was a guest on the podcast, beautiful, oh my gosh, she's an amazing coach and this incredible story that she was paralyzed from the waist down from a freak accident that happened. And she has since just exploded her business, not just behind the chair, but also in a coaching capacity and as a speaker. And she is. And so when we were on the podcast, we were talking, she was talking about how she had to design her like belt basically that she could have access to all of her tools because now she instead of standing and she could just reach for them she was seated and then she had to design you know a different style chair for herself to be able to work around and so you know that shift in her led to innovation and she found a designer on Etsy who made like tool belts and so she had to work with this Etsy designer to basically custom design a belt that she could wear like almost like a sling across her chest. 
And it has like all these different pockets and things for every single thing that she's got. And then she has like an apron that covers her lap so she doesn't get color on herself. Like she's she's just taking that next level of innovation. And she is somebody that during the pandemic, I mean, talk about innovation. Like she had to shut down her brick and mortar business and she's in um, Key West, Florida. She had to shut the doors because everybody in, you know, they had to shut your doors during the pandemic. And she got calls to all of her clients and asked them if they would like to have like little sample hair products delivered. And during the pandemic, she started to make these little gift bundles and package them and sell them and hand deliver them to all of her customers during the pandemic so that they could get their products or touch up color or things like that. She and sounds incredible. She is incredible. But like, that's the thing is like, you might, she might not have thought of herself as a designer um, or even to even consider making her own collection for people who have disabilities who are either in the hairstyling industry or elsewhere. But for herself, she innovated and she's continuously innovating to make things work. You know, she's one of those people who doesn't make excuses for why she can't do something. She's like, I'll figure out a way. I'll do it. I'll get it done. And I'm sure in fashion, there's some of that too, like people creating this, like having a problem with a certain maybe fit or fabric or things like that, that they say, this doesn't work anymore. And I'm going to innovate to something else. Absolutely. People are incredibly clever about what they feel the need for. And that's the best kind of product because we just don't need more t-shirts in the world. We need things <laughs> that feel different and specific. And that's what's really going to create true followers. So mm. I forget who the person said that, you know, you just need what a hundred or a thousand true followers. Yeah, yeah. And it, it really is the case because there just doesn't need more that's the same. We need more that's different. Yeah, I agree. And it's interesting. I see, you know, especially with especially with lingerie and swimwear of how shapewear is starting to kind of show up in them. Like I saw, you know, bathing suits that have shapewear built into them that people are like, oh, look, it does this and it does that. And it has, and, you know, like I worked for Athleta years ago as a manager and even they would come in and talk about like the performance of all the fabrics and we needed to understand it wasn't just like a pair of shorts or a t-shirt like they had all of this stuff created really intentionally with the stitching with the fabrics with the colors like so many things are so intentional and from the design point you're like oh that's great and functionality but then when we're customer facing we have to be able to to share that information to make it worth like, okay, why am I spending $80 on this versus I can get it here for 15 Right. Well, that's the great thing about the opportunity for direct-to-consumer is that people can now put so much of that on their site mm. and they can really point out to consumers, here's what the fabric does. Look at the seam. Look at how it's molded. Look at how it fits around your bottom. And to your point, so much of that is innovation that's been done in fabrications and fibers and fabrics that just help us as designers to make even better product. Hmm. And so how long have you been sort of in the Wild West in your own working for yourself now? About five years. Okay, great. 
Yes. And it's just evolved. It started with word of mouth of people in my circle from my career. And then that's another thing that I really love about it. And I would encourage all your listeners, I'm sure you know, Emily, what we were just talking about, the Entreprenista League, just get out and meet more people because networking doesn't have to feel like it's this arduous thing. It's kind of like Brian Grazer, I read years ago, talked about how his whole career, he's done these curiosity conversations. And of course, he's a director. He he doesn't just keep them within the film world or the art world. He met with Elon Musk before, you know, back in the day. He meets with scientists. It's like you never know Mm. what interesting path life will bring. So it's kind of like just building out circles. Yeah, I agree. So where do you where do you envision your company growing to? And like what's I know for me, I'm always sort of reaching for that next, the next thing. And I see in my mind, I have this vision for myself and my my brand. Where do you what's your vision for yourself and your brand? I would love to keep growing and extending in what we are doing now. I also can envision for people who maybe couldn't take on me as a direct or or my team as directly designing for them, being able to create a mastermind where I could still help founders in a way that's more approachable for them. The other aspect that I'm really interested in is that I see from my clients, a lot of them get investment either because they are so driven and people who are investing see that they will definitely get it over the the yard line or they have such an interesting marketing spin on their idea. What I don't perceive from where I sit is that investment is always actually in the credibility of the product. So I'd love to work with investment community to help be an advisor in that way of kind of a green, yellow, red light, not to do it for them, but just to take my experience and give some guidance to, oh, you might need them to invest in a little bit more of a team here, or perhaps the idea needs to be a little more unique. Like I, I feel like there's a lot of ways that my experience could help to fortify investments. Yeah, very much. That's so unique too. I mean, like things that I've never thought of that. I've never considered that. And it's really interesting because I mean, I'm sure people are looking at, if, if you are looking at creating a collection, you would need a substantial amount of money from investment. And if you were on a board that you could give them that feedback, that would be so beneficial to both parties. I think so. So let's see where it goes. I'm putting it out of the universe. Yeah, you heard it here first. You guys heard it here first. So again, I want to mention again, the download that you can get with this episode, the ultimate startup brand development workbook. You guys can come over to the website or whatever listening platform you're on 
It'll be right there in the show notes. We'll have links to that. I'm also going to give a link to the episode with Yara because I honestly, off the top of my head, I don't know which episode that is, but it's a great one, as well as the Entrepreneurista League. I know I have inquired about affiliate links because I know plenty of friends who would be interested in joining that networking group. And so far, so good. I've had a blast and I've only been in for a short period of time and met some really lovely people. And like you mentioned in the episode, this episode is, you know, it's really about creating those relationships and being in in new circles. And sometimes our pond can get a little small. (laughs) So it's good to get out a little bit. And, you know, I think this is evidence of it. Like this is a beautiful collaboration with somebody who I would have never, we would have never probably normally crossed paths before. So this is perfect. So let's let everybody know how they can find you and learn more about you, your website and Instagram handle so that they can also tag you as they're listening. Fantastic. On Instagram, it's Susie Wakefield Designs, all one word. My website is susie-wakefield.com. And you can also find me on LinkedIn, Susie Wakefield. Great. Perfect. And we'll have those linked as well. Thank you so much for being a guest today, Susie. It was really a joy and really nice to have somebody on the podcast that does something a little bit unique, but also has a message that people can hear themselves in your story of being inspired and being led internally to doing that next right thing that feels amazing for them. So thank you for sharing with us today. Thank you, Emily. It has been such a pleasure and I look forward to staying connected. And listening to a lot of the great episodes you have. (laughs) Amen to that. All right. Thank you so much.